Well, good morning, Venice Church Belton. How are you guys doing? Man, it is good to see you. Uh, as Tiffany said, uh, my name is Joshua Brown, and I'm our student pastor over at the Harker Heights location. And I don't get to come over to this side of town uh, all that often. And so I'm super excited to be here this morning. Pastor Keegan is taking some time with, with family, uh, with some health concerns in the family, and he's up there with them uh, taking the weekend. Uh, and so I'm here today to continue this series that we have been in for the last several weeks called Run to win. Anybody like to win? I like to win. And I know some of you guys, like, maybe you weren't, like, athletic in high school or anything, and it's been a while since you've been playing any sports, but I love to win. And, and that's what this series is about. And just a few things. If you're new to Vintage, as, as David Drew mentioned a second ago, uh, our team will be in the guest suite right after service. And uh, we, we want to meet you. We want to connect with you. It can be easy to, to walk in and walk out sometimes, but we really want to put a face to the name and get to say hello. Uh, also, you can download our Vintage Church app and stay up to date on all these messages. So if you're new today or you've missed a couple weeks in the last uh, few, you can still catch up on those messages and jump back in with us next week. And then lastly, we've got some amazing small groups that are rolling right now that you can jump into to continue the discussion that we're kicking off here on the weekend. And so that's a few things for you, but I wanna jump in to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Verses 24 through 27, if you have a Bible this morning, this is one that you want to highlight. This is one that you want to underline, because this is kind of the overall, overarching idea of this series. And here's what it says. Don't you know that the runners in the stadium all race, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way to win the prize. Now, everyone who competes exercises self-control in everything. They do it to receive a perishable crown, but we an imperishable crown. So I do not run like one who runs aimlessly. I don't box like the one beating the air. Instead, I discipline my body. I bring it under strict control so that after preaching to others, I myself may not be disqualified. And that's what this series is about. It is running to win. In our first week, we talked about spiritual health, how to run for the prize in our spiritual Life and, and week two, we talked about physical health, about diet, exercise, community, how all of those things go together. And then last week, we, last week we talked about uh, biblical principles for our financial health and some practices to put that in place. Maybe you've been doing that this week. Uh, but this week, we are going to be talking about emotional health, emotional health. We all have an emotional life to some extent. And today we're going to talk about how to deal with what we feel. And all throughout scripture we see this phrase all the time. We, we got to love the Lord with all of our heart, right? With all of our soul, with all of our mind, all of our strength. That comes from Mark, uh, it comes from Mark chapter 12, verses 29 through 30. And it says, the most important commandment is this. Okay, Jesus is saying this is the most important commandment. Keep this one above all else. That's pretty important. We ought to pay attention to this one. It says, you must love the Lord your God, love the Lord your God with all. Everybody say all. That's an important word too. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all of your strength. Do you hear the emotion in those words? There, there's, some, there's some emotives going on there. Jesus is saying, look, don't just follow God just because it's checking a box for you. Don't just love God and go to church on Sunday because that's how you were raised. And that's, that's what you do on Sunday. No, he's saying, I, wanna, I want you to love me passionately with all of your heart, 
with all of your soul. And that's a very important thing that God wants an emotional connection with us. He doesn't just want to be a man in the sky. He wants to be personal. And today we're going to start with a few important thoughts about understanding our emotions. And the first thing is this. We have to understand that God has emotions. God has emotions. We see in all throughout scripture, we see in Psalms that God gets angry. There's angry. Uh, that we see that God loves. John 3.16, this is like the only verse I remember from, from kids' curriculum growing up in the church. John 3.16, God so loved the world, right? We also see that God grieves. In Genesis chapter 6, he's looking at what humanity has done, and he grieves. And in Nehemiah chapter 8, we see God expressing joy. Do not grieve because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Many, we don't often think about this, that feelings come from God. He is an emotive God. And if you look back at, at Genesis, the original creation of man, we see that we're created in his own image. And so we also have the ability to feel. And we have to understand that that's a gift. That's point number two. Our ability to feel is a gift. And that gift comes from God. I know it might not always seem that way. The, the negative emotions in life, it doesn't always seem like this is a, this is a gift that God has given me, but it's our emotional ability that allows us to be generous, that allows us to be loyal, to be kind to people. Our emotions are a gift that God has given us, not just for us, but so that we can be a blessing to other people. But we have to avoid two different extremes. These are two extremes, and the first one is this, emotionalism. Emotionalism. The first ditch on this side is emotionalism, and it says, all that matters is how I feel. You guys ever have those moments? <laughs> I know I do. I mean, that's relatable right there. Like, there, it doesn't matter what, what is right or wrong. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It's about what I feel right now, whether it's popular or unpopular. I've had those moments. <laughs> but there's another ditch. So on the other end of emotionalism, you've got stoicism, which is this, that feelings aren't important at all. Period. Done. <laughs> Knowledge. Intelligence. That is all that matters. Intellect. Feelings are irrelevant, unimportant. And I think that both of those ditches are extremely dangerous. And I think as Christians, we ought to find some sort of happy medium in the middle. One thing that I, I think is funny is that my wife and I, I tend to be the stoic sometimes. There's times where I'm more emotional. But, but generally speaking, I lean towards the stoicism. And generally speaking, she leans toward the emotionalism. Anybody else like that? You don't have to look at your spouse. You could just kind of... Just kind of a little wink. That's you. And what's so funny is looking back at Genesis chapter 2, when we see that Eve was created for Adam, the word fit there in the Hebrew is konegdo, and it actually means like his opposite. We see that marriage, the very first marriage in Scripture, God is laying the, the groundwork that marriages, you're probably going to be with someone that's the opposite. They were the opposite. And I want to continue to share some of these thoughts on emotions because they are important. They are something that we are going to have to deal with, but we got to manage them the right way. And so today, we're going to look at quickly six negative effects of uncontrolled emotions. Ecclesiastes 3, uh, verses 1 through 11, this is a long list of, of different seasons uh, I, I went to Bible college, and it's kind of like a, a Bible college bubble sometimes, and it, it's like a Christendom thing, and it was like this phrase that I always heard, which is, uh, this is just a season. 
This is a season for this. And I, I think there is, there is a reality to that. But we see here in this passage, just to name a few, there's a time to weep and a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn and there's a time to dance. That first song is a time to dance. House of the Lord, baby, that's where the joy is. Then we also see there's a time to embrace and a time to avoid embracing. There's certain seasons in our life for certain emotions, but we gotta order them in the right way. There's a time and a place for anger. There is a time and a place for joy. And we gotta just figure out where those times are at. And so the first point in talking about negative effects to uncontrolled emotions, the first thing is this, emotions aren't always true. Sometimes they really feel true. <laughs> they're really right, trust me. <laughs> no, no, they're not true. Our gut instincts and our intuition can sometimes lead us astray. Jeremiah 17, chapter, nine, uh, chapter 17, verse nine says, the heart is more deceitful than anything else and incurable. Who can understand it? Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a person. It's what I'm feeling right now. This is all that matters, but its end is the way to death. This is Solomon, who had the most wisdom, aside from probably Jesus. Wisdom, this is where it heads. Just because we feel something doesn't mean that it's true. Lastly, John 17, 17 says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. What we see is that scripture is Truth, our emotions don't always tell us what's accurate about reality. Point number two, emotions can be manipulated. They can change. They can change quick. <laughs> if we don't control our emotions, they can actually control us. And in Proverbs chapter 25, verses 28, it says, A person who does not control his temper is like a city whose wall is broken down. What is that saying? It's saying that emotions that are uncontrolled leave us in a place of being vulnerable and open for manipulation. And then we see uh, point number three, emotions can rule our lives. They can rule our lives. There was a period when I was in high school and I really, I really dealt with some, some bad depression. I, I went to counseling and, and luckily the Lord kind of delivered me through that season. But man, there was nothing else that I could see that wasn't gray. I couldn't look at the world without feeling like there was a fog around my head. Like that, that is all that I could see. And really my emotions were ruling my life at the time. Romans chapter eight, verses six and eight says, now the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the spirit is life and peace. Life and peace. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Point number four, emotions can sabotage success. They can. They can sabotage our ability to run the race to win the prize. They can. And Proverbs chapter five, verse 23 warns us. It says, he will die because there is no discipline and be lost because of his great stupidity. What did that first Corinthians verse say? That we gotta have some self-discipline, self-control. Isn't that one of the fruit of the spirit anyway? Emotions can sabotage our success. Point number five, emotions can hurt our relationships. You know, the funny thing is, I think we all know these points, but, and we see them in our everyday life, but sometimes it's about seeing the strategy that's there. Emotions can hurt our relationships. Proverbs 15, 13 says, a joyful heart makes a face cheerful, but a sad heart produces a broken spirit. If we don't manage our emotions, if we don't order them to God's will, we can actually really hurt and damage the relationships that are in our lives. 
I'm sure you've had situations where you really had to, you had to walk that back. You had to go back to that person and say, hey, I'm going to have to Matthew 18 this and have a conversation because I realized that I did you wrong. Point number six, emotions can impact our physical health. It's so crazy. Our physical health can be affected by our emotions in certain moments. Proverbs 17, 22, very similar to the last one. A joyful heart is good medicine, good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. Taking care of our emotional health can therefore have a positive impact on our physical health as well. I think that we can all understand these points, again, as it relates to emotional health. But I want to close tonight, or this morning, with five different ways that we can change our emotions. Because sometimes, like I said, we can get really stuck, really like driven, really focused on these certain emotions. But sometimes we have to change our emotions. And that is not easy. But here's the first thing. We have to believe the change is possible. Believe the change is possible. It's important that we recognize and acknowledge that our emotions, even if sometimes they're unwanted, and even if sometimes they're uncomfortable, we can believe that we can change them. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. We have to acknowledge that our emotions can change and process them in a healthy way. Number two, everybody say number two. I'm just making sure. You guys are the early service, so I got to We have an 830 service at Harker Heights, so this is, this is great. <laughs> uh, point number two, identify the root cause of the emotion. Identify the root cause. Once we believe that it can change, we have to go back and say, where did this start? How did I get here? Psalm 139 23 verses, uh, verses 23 through 24. This is such a great verse. I love going back to this verse. Search me, God, and know my heart. Search me. Look inside of me, God. This is David writing to God. God, please look inside of me. Show me what is going on. Test my heart and know my concerns. See if there is any offensive way in me. Lead me in, ever, in the everlasting way. By looking at the root cause of our emotions, we can somehow begin to manage them. Point number three, decide to act differently. Decide to act differently. I know that's like you have to act and decide to act differently. I, I know. Once we have recognized our emotions, we've called it out, we know that it's there, and we know where it's coming from, we've got to start acting differently. Some of us want change, but we're not willing to change. We have to change. Ephesians 4, 26, be angry and do not sin. By the way, this is Jesus in the temple. He's throwing tables, being angry, but he's not sinning. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. We can choose to act on our emotions in a healthy and a constructive way, or we can let them control us. Point number four, seek support. This is what we're for. This is the church. Seek support. This is community. It's okay to reach out for support and guidance when we're working on some unwanted emotions. I was in high school at the time when, when I was dealing with kind of the worst of my depressive state. And thank God that I was a part of a family that valued the local church. 
I, I was a part of a spiritual family at the time, and I had relationships with uh, my youth pastor and different small group leaders, and I was also serving on the worship team. I was literally around everybody, and it was impossible for me to, to, to fake these emotions and keep the mask on, and eventually I just told them what was going on. And it was in that moment of vulnerability that God used those people that he put in my life on purpose to help me, to give me support. And I just wanna say, I, I feel like there's people in the room here that, that you've been coming, but you haven't had that vulnerable moment. Th this has been your place that you go to on Sunday morning, but it's not the family that you belong to. And today, I, wanna, I just wanna give you an encouragement. Step out of that. Step out of that. That is what the church is for. You, we, we have it on the, on the sign right outside that we're a family. A family is vulnerable. A family knows when your room is messy. <laughs> the family knows when the trash needs to be taken out and the dishes need to be made. We know all the junk. That's what family is for. Point number five, trust in God. Ultimately, we have to trust in him. We have to rely on his strength. We have to rely on his truth, which is the word of God, to have an objective plumb line to base our life on. Proverbs chapter three, verses five through seven. It's our last verse this morning. Trust in the Lord with all. Everybody say all. All your heart. And do not rely on your own understanding. Man, there have been times where I have relied on my own understanding and I just went the wrong way. <laughs> I don't know better, better than God. Really, Isaiah 55 saying that his ways are higher, his thoughts are wider. I think, I think my understanding is gonna get me closer. We have to go back to his word. We have to trust in his word. In all of your ways, know him, and he will make your path straight. We have to trust him, rely on his strength, rely on his word. Remember, it's okay to feel emotions. Those are a good thing but we have to manage them. We have to steward them well. The important thing is that we manage them in a biblical and in a healthy way. And I hope that as you review these notes later this week, as you get in a small group, that you would go back to these, use these steps when you're getting towards that state where you, all you can see is red and circle back. Let's all bow our heads this morning. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pray first over everybody in this room just this message. God, I just, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's true, that it's full of wisdom, full of promises, full of historical context about who you were and what you taught and what you're showing us to do today. And God, I just pray for every person in this room. I pray for those of us who have struggled with emotionalism and only seeing through our feelings. God, I pray for every person who has dealt with stoicism and can't seem to, to emotionally get in touch with the world. And God, I just ask that you would help us recenter back on you. God, that we would have a emotive relationship with you, God, that we could love you, that we could trust you, and that we could love others as well. And I know there's some people in the room this morning that, that we talk about God, we talk about his word, we talk about Jesus, and this is someone that you don't know. This is a person that you've never met. And, and really what it comes down to is Romans chapter 10, verse nine through 10 tells us this. If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For with the heart, a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. And maybe you haven't realized the depth of your sin. The fact that we've all made mistakes, that we've all tried to go with our own understanding, that we've trusted in lots of different things but him, but ultimately he's the only one that can be a foundation for us. And if that's you this morning, if if you're in that place and you have not accepted the debt that is paid through Jesus, I wanna give you that opportunity this morning. I know we do this every week, but this is the most important thing. Maybe you've never made that decision. Maybe you made it a long time ago. Maybe you raised your hand in this church two weeks ago and nothing has changed. I wanna give you an opportunity to do something about it. And so on the count of three, if that's you, if you wanna make that decision this morning, I just want you to lift your hand just so I know who I'm praying for with every head bowed and every eye closed on one, two, three. If that's you, just lift your hand. Just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. God, I thank you for every person in this room. You know, let's pray this prayer all together because we believe in what they're doing. Say, God, thank you. I know I've sinned. I know I've made mistakes. But you sent your son for me. He died on a cross. Three days later, rose again. God, today I trust you. Lead me guide me. Show me what's next. And in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.